0: McClain. praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain so good to be on with you praise be to god good morning it is thursday march the 3rd 2022 praise be to jesus here's a question are you paying more at the pump how about that grocery store how's that coming out for you you know housing prices are pretty high right now all-time high and i think the last i don't remember how many 40 years or something for. Inflation. It's kind of crazy. We're going to have a conversation around all of that with John Carney from Breitbart News. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. Also, we're going to have Josh Mercer back from Catholic Vote at 15 past the hour to talk about what President Biden did or didn't say in the State of the Union. So, all of that is coming up in this hour. Praise be to God. Also, in this hour, we're going to probably cover some of the latest news coming out of the Russia Ukraine story, of course. One million refugees have fled the Ukraine, according to the U.N. In the last seven days. Uh, no Ukrainian armed forces remain in the southern city of Kershon, apparently, according to the mayor. Uh, but I also saw a report that the uh, civilians have roadblocked the Russians and prevented them from capturing one of the largest nuclear power plants in Europe, there in Ukraine. Uh, The Russian convoy seems to be stalled. Uh, That's good news, I suppose. Ukraine Catholic bishops have asked the Pope to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. All those and more probably are going to be coming your way. The breaking news and stories coming from his truly... Rudy Carlos, good morning to you, Rudy. His truly, yes. You're welcome. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you you very much, Joe. Good morning to you. How you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Praise be to God. I'm great. In spite of three dollars and thirty cents a gallon, it's the
1: great state of Texas. Well, you know, you can't win them all. I was (laughs) reflecting on that yesterday. I was thinking, you know, nowhere's perfect no worse are <laughs> we are we are but sojourners here joe
0: you wanted some good news about cars uh we were scared a little bit yesterday that the winner of the mercedes car was at the bottom of the atlantic ocean
1: i read that story and i thought oh no i hope clarissa's car is I, not in there
0: yes <laughs> the ship sank four thousand cars went with it to the we bottom would, of, we'd have to ask her if she
1: liked coral reefs because <laughs> that would be her car <laughs> the
0: coral reef package <laughs> well the good news is uh praise be to god we found out from the dealer that in fact her car wasn't on that ship it God. It's now on a different ship. Let's pray it makes safe passage across the Atlantic <laughs> from Germany. Well, and speaking of sinking things, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning.
2: Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's going to be here. Is it? It is going to be here. In praise spite of it God. all. In spite of it all. Had a good Ash Wednesday. Had a uh, very penitential day of uh, little food. So Very, little <laughs> Very little I food.
3: I was
0: so exhausted yesterday. It was, it was rough. <laughs> yeah, praise be to God.
2: surprisingly tired today. I was so tired yesterday. I went to bed at like 9.30, which is wow. pretty early for me. And at I was like, I woke up and I was like, why am I still so tired? I don't understand. But yeah. there you go, folks. Well, you're here now. It's praise because be to I God. gave up coffee from it. That's what it was. It's. Yes, I can that, feel your pain. That must have been what it was. I, I gave up coffee for Lynn. I'm with and you, bro. I'm just, you know, I'm suffering. I why know, did
1: I, Why did you wash off the ashes? Oh, you kept them on. Uh-huh. You you're, you're not planning to have
0: long hair. You're not going to shower till till Easter. Is no. that also what you're giving you up can't for? can't. Wash it I, off my until my then.
1: plan was
2: to make everyone else suffer by having to <laughs> smell me. So <laughs> I am uh, giving up showering uh, for
0: the entire is that season. What it was. Is that what it is? Hey, also, I want to thank Joshua Knoll, our CDT friend and insider who's praying, fasting, and doing penance today for our 2022 Lenten campaign of prayer, fasting, and penance for ardent sinners like blasphemers and heretics, uh, those souls that we tend to forget to pray and fast for. We're also praying, of course, for uh, peace in the world, and Josh Knoll has taken today. So, Josh, thank you for that. Now, it is possible if someone still wants to join us and uh, is looking for an open date you could take tomorrow. I've taken that date but uh, I'm gonna you know do it pretty much all, the whole time so you could take tomorrow if you want and if you do want to do that go to our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt scroll down and click the link that says cdt Linton 2022 campaign and it will take you to all the information you need to know and then just send me an email about tomorrow friday and i'll get you on the calendar praise be to god so at any rate we're going to have a great show as i said uh john carney from breitbart news is going to be talking about the economy coming up at 35 past and joshua mercer from catholic vote at 15 past will cover the state of the union address. Uh, I don't know if you saw that was a EWTN reporter confronted President Biden over his support for abortion yesterday. Very interesting exchange.
1: Oh, is that an EWTN reporter?
0: Yes, it was. Interesting. Yeah, that makes s- I
1: was thinking, what reporter would have asked that question?
0: An EWTN reporter. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: want to know who this person
0: is. (laughs) Well, well, maybe we'll cover some of that at 50 past. Let's jump in. Let's pray. we got a lot to cover today. We're going to be praying for the conversion of sinners, grave heretics, and blasphemers, and peace in the world by praying the Golden Arrow Prayer. Please join me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And
1: now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, and these are your headlines. Reuters reports Russia says 498 of its soldiers killed and 1,597 wounded in Ukraine. It was the first time that Moscow had put a figure on its casualties. The ministry also said that more than 2,870 Ukrainian soldiers and nationalists have been killed and about 3,700 uh, 3, wounded, according to Interfax. The numbers could not be independently verified, and there was no immediate comment from Ukraine. And the Washington Examiner reports DOJ launches Klepto Capture Task Force to target Russian oligarchs. The task force is aimed at enforcing U.S. sanctions issued against the Kremlin following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, with President Joe Biden vowing to go after the crimes committed by Russian oligarchs. The Justice Department will also use all of its authorities to seize the assets of individuals and entities who violate these sanctions. Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland said on Wednesday, We will leave no stone unturned in our efforts to investigate, arrest, and prosecute those whose criminal acts enable the Russian government to continue this unjust war. And the AP reports Democrats see no reason to wait on Supreme Court vote. The Supreme Court nominee, Kentanji Brown Jackson, began courting senators on Capitol Hill on Wednesday making her case for confirmation in private meetings. Jackson's hearings will begin March 21st, just three weeks after President Joe Biden nominated her to replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. Uh, While a few GOP senators are expected to vote for Jackson, several have questioned whether she is too liberal, despite that they are not spending much political energy to oppose her so far. And The Blaze reports, reporter confronts Biden for supporting abortion despite Christian faith, but you're Catholic, he says. The confrontation happened on Ash Wednesday, the first day of the Lenten season. Biden appeared to have participated in Ash Wednesday Liturgy because he had ashes on his forehead. The reporter asked Biden last night, you continue to support Roe v. Wade as a Catholic, why do you support abortion as a Catholic defying church uh, teachings?" to which Biden answered, "I tell you what I don't want to get into a debate with you on theology, but you know well anyway i'm not going to make I'm not going to make a judgment for other people." And uh, so much for our Catholic president, huh? Those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The
2: saint of the day, I'm going to be completely honest with you, is a Lithuanian saint. And I have no idea how to say Lithuanian names. Just a heads up. Saint Kuniganda was one of, the, one of 11 children. She was seventh generation descendant of Charlemagne, which is pretty cool. I like to think I am too but I'm not. She married King Henry in 999 and it said that she had a long wanted to be a nun and that her marriage to King Henry II was in fact a spiritual one also called a white marriage that is they married for companionship alone and by mutual agreement did not consummate their relationship. During their marriage, her husband, King Henry II, then only Duke of Bavaria, was crowned King of Germany, Rex Romanorum, And the couple was crowned on the 9th of July, 1002, in Mainz, in present-day Germany. Later, her husband was also crowned as King of Italy. Cunegonda traveled with her husband to Rome for his coronation as Holy Roman Emperor, as was tradition for the King of Germany, and was crowned as Holy Roman Empress with him on the 14th of February, 1014, at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, receiving together with Henry the imperial crown from the hands of Pope Benedict VIII. During her reign, she suffered from a grave illness and made a vow that if she were to regain her health, she would found a Benedictine monastery at Castle. Upon her recovery, she kept her oath and started work on the building. However, however, Henry died in 1024 before he was finished. Upon his death, Kunigunda was obliged to assume the office of regnant of the empire. This she did with her brother and later handed over the imperial insignia when Conrad II was elected to succeed her late husband on the 8th of September 1024. As a widow, Kunigunda was left comparatively poor, owing to the enormous wealth given away by her and Henry in charitable works. In 1025, exactly one year after the death of her husband, she retired to Kefugand, an Abbey in Hesse, Germany, where she entered the monastery of a Benedictine nuns where she had founded there. At the dedication of the monastery, she offered a relic of the true cross, removed her regalia, and donned the habit of the nun. There she remained at the monastery performing charitable works, caring for the sick, and devoting her time to prayer. She died on the 3rd of March, 1040 at Kofengun, when she she was buried at Bamberg Cathedral beside her husband. St.
0: Kudagunda, pray for us. Nailed it. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 22 through 25. Jesus said to his disciples, the Son of Man must suffer greatly, and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever, lo- whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Basil said, Now a desire of suffering death for Christ and a mortification of one's members, which are upon the earth and a manful resolution to undergo any danger for Christ, and an indifference towards this present life, this is to take up one's cross. Hence it is added, and let him take up his cross daily. We must be detached yesterday in our preparation for consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Our family talked about this, in fact. We read from the imitation of Christ, and uh, we meditated upon the need to... Give up, to let go, to be resolved to the holy will of God in all things and not hold off fast and white knuckle this world. To be a Christian is hard. It is not easy, it is hard, and it is the task we are all called to. As St. Cyril of Alexandria would say, great and noble leaders provoke the mighty in arms to deeds of valor, not only by promising them the honors of victory, but by declaring that suffering is in itself glorious. Such we see is the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he had foretold to his disciples that he must needs suffer the accusations of the Jews, be slain, and rise again on the third day, lest then they should think that Christ indeed was to suffer persecution for the life of the world, but that they might lead a soft life. He shows them that they must needs pass through similar struggles if they desire to obtain his glory. Hence it is said, and he said unto all, close quote, Saint Cyril of Alexandria, pray for us, lest they should lead a soft life, he spoke this word to the disciples, according to Cyril of Alexandria. The said, by the cross he speaks of an ignominious death, meaning that if anyone will follow Christ, he must not for his own sake flee from even the death. Gregory the Great would say, In two ways also is the cross taken up, either when the body is afflicted through abstinence of or the mind touched by sympathy. We must give up those things, right? We must do. That's what we're on right now, the Lenten journey. Uh, From the Greek expositor, it says, quote, he rightly joins these two. Let him deny himself and let him take up his cross, for as he who is prepared to ascend the cross convinces in his mind the intention of death and so goes on thinking to have no more part in this life so he who is willing to follow our Lord ought first to deny himself, and so take up this cross, that his will may be ready to endure every calamity. Are you ready? Am I? Let's meditate on that. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
4: It's common for atheists who object to belief in God because it can't be proven false by empirical observation. But this objection fails because the principle it assumes, called the verification principle, is self-refuting. It states, a belief is true or false if and only if it can be verified or falsified by sense experience. Like the statement, it's snowing outside, which can prove true or false by looking out the window. But this principle is problematic because the principle itself can't be proven true or false by sense experience. Where in the universe is the truth value of this belief to be found? Can we see it under a microscope? The absurdity of these questions reveal that the principle itself cannot be proven true or false by sense experience, and thus is self-refuting. For this reason, the objection fails. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com.
0: Speed to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Uh, coming up at 35 past the hour, John Carney from Breitbart News is going to be our guest, talk about the economy rising gas prices, house prices are at an all-time high. Inflation is no longer transitory. It's here to stay. John Carney will be our guest to talk about all those things at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, though, from Catholic Vote, catholicvote.org, is Joshua Mercer, and we're going to talk and dive into the State of the Union from President Joe Biden. Good morning to you, Mr. Mercer.
5: Oh, good to have you, and good that you have John Carney on. He's a good friend of mine. I I was... uh roommates with his uh, brother tim kearney so oh no uh, kidding he's,
0: oh, <laughs> he's a good world. guy small world praise be to god let's talk about the state of the union what the president said and what he didn't say uh from a catholic perspective you know he hit the, some of the uh, some of the big ones i suppose especially given the midterms are fast approaching inflation border police ukraine all mentioned china afghanistan trillions in spending not mentioned what say you joshua mercer
5: well, I mean, first and foremost, it seems pretty obvious that his intent on this speech was to rally his base. And so mentioning the Supreme Court nominee was helpful to his base. She's um, uh, KBJ, the, the judicial nominee is very liberal, uh, not really a shock um, that will definitely rally his liberal base. He also reaffirmed Roe. He, you know, he said uh, the constitutional right, as he called it, affirmed Roe v. Wade. Uh, is under attack as never before, he said. And, and actually, the night before that address, the Democrats in the Senate tried to pass through the most uh, radical abortion bill ever. Uh, thankfully, it was blocked. Uh, so they're doubling down. I mean, the judicial nominee is always so, so focused on the question of Roe v. Wade and abortion. And then you've got him mentioning it in the speech. He also mentioned, uh, you know, talking about trans Uh, And in fact, the the Biden administration yesterday threatened to sue the state of Texas over, uh, because what they're doing in Texas is they're recognizing that a lot of these procedures are totally unacceptable for putting uh, on kids. They're harmful. Basically child abuse. And God bless the state of Texas for standing up for this. Uh, You know, a lot of these radical procedures, some of them you can't reverse. Um, And so, but the Biden administration is totally on board with puberty blockers and uh, procedure changes uh, on on kids you know it's radical uh, so from a Catholic perspective, those are the two the two biggest things that really stood stood out uh, in a memorable way. but honestly, in terms of memorable just from a pr- pragmatic political standpoint, any political pundit could tell you this nothing really memorable actually from the speech. Mm. there's no memorable lines, you know turns of phrases, there was no in, a grand initiative that people would remember. It was largely a forgettable speech. So I just don't think, I mean, certainly I don't think the president's uh, people are going to be too happy with it per se because they're not going to get any bounce. You know, this somebody said this uh, told ABC News said this uh, speech is the kind of speech you give when the president's at like 58% in the polls, you know, kind of not taking any risks, you know, just kind of bland. But he's at 39% in the polls. He needs a shot in the arm he needs to try to rally people and say you know let's and he tried to he did a little bit of this rhetoric of unity mm-hmm. but again you know you talk about unity and then just a few weeks ago you were talking about people who weren't being masked you know they, they were the cause of the spreading the, the the virus and yet this is what gets people crazy the hypocrisy because just on sunday the house the house physician said ah you know what Masks are optional now right. after having forcing everyone in Congress to wear masks for a long time. Yeah. Oh, we got a speech in 48 hours and all these you know politicians are going to be on camera. So let's make the masks optional. It was totally phony. And in fact, after you get done with the speech, he's on the House floor and all the Democrats are crowded around him in nary a one wearing a mask. So it was all theater for so long. And I think the American people can see
6: through that.
0: Yeah, it, the was the, it was the great American winter people. of death just in December, right? Remember? I mean, the great winter of of illness and death was coming. And now, okay,
2: hey, we're moving on. And did you see the right. uh, last night, the uh, Saturday Night Live, they did a skit making fun of wearing masks and saying how it never really worked to begin with. That was last and night. And that was last night. Well, last you, night it was circulated was Wednesday. virally last night. Or, they did on Saturday. Oh, yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, okay. yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Saturday. I saw it last night. My mistake. Yeah, right. I saw it on YouTube. <laughs> no, I
7: mean.
5: And that and that it's like you know it's it was a funny skit or I guess but like to to me it was like Saturday Night Live is it just like John Stewart played the role they they're not the. They're not the court jester. Like the court jester is the one who makes fun of the king, you know, and uh, it kind of adds a little levity. Like they're not. Like they're central programming. They're like trying to make sure that the left, like, okay, get on board now. Yeah. We need to change things because the midterms are coming up (laughs) and our poll numbers are terrible. So now we got to be like, okay, masks are optional, I suppose. We're not going to call someone like a Nazi if they. Don't wear it anymore, you know. So it's just it's, hopefully it's a,
0: everybody's getting the memo. I don't want to be called Nazi anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's
5: just, but I mean, like you know, he talked about the border for like a minute, you know, and yeah. it's like,
0: yeah, let's secure I mean, the border and then give amnesty to everybody,
5: right? And of course, you know, pretending Oh, we got this new stuff going on, new technology. It's like, buddy, you know, there's a hundred and three thousand illegal crossings in January, a year ago, January, before you took office, it was like 78,000. So we're just getting all a massive, you know, return. I mean, the number of illegal crossings continue to go way up. The biggest concern I would think for most Americans right now would probably be inflation.
0: Yes.
5: He didn't mention any real plan. to address Trillions
0: spent trillions spent in their bill, their, their, all their bills of, stimulus and everything else, trillions. I mean, the Build Back Better didn't get passed in its uh, big form, but good grief. It, depending on how the midterms go, it could re- we could be revisiting this story with trillions more this time next year.
5: Right. And then, that, and then there's nothing really to address the supply chain problem too. I mean, because we'd shut down so much of our economy for so long that we're creating all these like, you know, bubbles in the economy where we need to kind of move things along. And ships can't get into port and all this stuff. None of that really addressed. So we're going to continue to see a lot of prices go up. How about prices at the pump? A lot of people have been uh, seeing that. They're noticing not only the groceries, but when they try to fill up for gas. And, and he talked about buying American, right? But obviously, that didn't mean buy American oil. So he didn't, He didn't out. I mean, he's been, we the bought first Iranian thing he oil in office was to cut <laughs> off domestic oil production. You know, not allow leasing on federal lands, cutting the Keystone XL pipeline, you know, and then now what does that mean? We're buying 500,000 barrels a day or whatever from Russia. It's like, you know, and then what are they using that money for to invade another country? It's like, why don't we stop buying Russian oil and start producing more oil domestically? I mean, that would have been a home run, but he can't do it. He won't offend his base because the base, they think the number one issue is climate change. Mm -hmm. And it's like you ask you ask independents they say well inflation crime those are the issues but the 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 far left is like no mm-hmm. the issue is election reform and climate change
0: well you on like- crime on crime he he really didn't uh address that issue very well either he didn't really specify sort of the factors that led to the the spike in crime that we've seen over the last couple of years although he did say fund the police which i know upset a lot of people in his base what do you make of that
5: well now actually some of the liberals are pro- trying to pretend that, oh, we never really believed in it at all, except for the true heart believers, you know, like the Omar uh, Omar and AOC, they still want to defund the police. They're not on board with this. But the Democrats realize their polling is just so terrible. They're like, no, 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 we're, we're not for defunding it. We're just for reforming. But the, the, the fact is, you did defund the police in Minneapolis and in a lot of other places. You were really trying to ramp things down and close things down. And, you know, we saw humongous spikes in crime in all these major cities. You saw in San Francisco, it was horrible. Like the Walgreens and all these other companies just started to stop. They started to shut their doors because you wouldn't prosecute crimes, you know, if it was under like $500. So they just go in like, like it was a shopping spree, like on a TV show. They walk in with a basket, take a bunch of stuff and go right out the door. And people are like, what is going on? All these policies in these urban uh, cities. And you know what, who hates them the most? It's the minorities, the, you know, the blacks and Hispanics in these towns, they're they're totally against these radical soft crime policies. They don't want that at all. They want actually, you know, do they totally love the police? Not necessarily, but they don't want someone to be able to walk into a Wal- Walgreens. Right. And steal they want to live in, in good, clean, mm-hmm.
0: uh, decent neighborhoods. They want to live uh, just like the rest of us in safe places to raise families.
1: And, uh, and they know this isn't good for them. Yeah, Josh, I'm wondering uh, if, you know, this, I, I also read that this, this mentioning of funding the police was a way of disarming Republican critique. What say you?
5: Well, it's, I just don't think it's going to work. I mean, the fact is that all these policies, you know, you, what, what president Biden needs to do is convince people in his own party, a lot of these district attorneys to turn it around. But these district attorneys were elected by George Soros. This is not even a conspiracy. That's like a known fact. <laughs> and they're totally soft on crime. Right. I mean, they're like, oh, we're just not going to prosecute, you know, the, the guy coming in in New York City is like, here's the list of crimes we're not going to prosecute anymore. Dude. This was like a few months wow. ago. It's not like, you right. know, years ago. And so you see transit crime tripled, you know, uh, in New York City. I mean, it's just, it's it's a horrible situation. And you know what? You're going you're gonna to see a big change in the ballot box in some of these areas because of this.
0: Yo, let's, let's talk about that for a second. So midterms are fast approaching. Do you think... Uh, I mean, there's a. I never trust the polls, to be honest with you. We see these polls, and they have these numbers, and then you just never know if they're actual or accurate or representative. I mean, we all remember yeah. the polls of Trump going into the 2016 election. They were wildly off. And so how do you see this? If you're reading the signs here, how do you think the midterms are going to go at this point?
5: Well, in general, with polls, they're never they're never as precise as we would love them to be. And there are times where they're wildly off, especially with Trump. People were kind of embarrassed to admit that they supported him. So on his polling, it was always the hardest to figure out what was really going on with the situation. But that doesn't mean that polls don't tell us anything. You know, the fact is the polling, uh, you know, Joe Biden's approval rating was in the high 50s when he started when he took office in January 2021. People were like, oh, relieved, like. You know maybe this is the guy he said you you know campaigned as he'll be moderate you won't be too crazy and then in the last you know 13 months that that number has just been on a steady persistent decline it and by time august came around with the debacle in afghanistan that's where it flipped it, it took a bigger dive and the number of people who disapprove of him was higher than who approved it and it, and that it has continued on that trajectory he's at about a 30 nine percent approval rating. And that's actually presidential job approval rating is probably your best number to look at. You go to real clear politics, you go to job a presidential President Biden job approval rating. That's the best no-nonsense thing to look at and determine what's the political outcome. If he's still at about 39, 40 percent when the midterms roll around, Republicans will win. The Senate, They'll they'll pick up four seats in the Senate or something like that and they'll win another 30 40 seats the house they'll take both they'll take both um, houses of congress that's what they're on right now joe biden and his team they would need a miracle at this point because people haven't people have really sort of sunk in on their assessment of him it's mm-hmm. going to be really hard to change it um, a, a foreign policy situation in, in the ukraine is not going to
0: help um, Well, we have about uh, just seconds left. Uh, Real quick, the 13 uh, Catholics in in the Congress who voted to try to pass that drastically abortion bill. You got seconds here. What do you think about that?
5: It was deeply frustrating, and especially from a pro-life actor who's been there a long time. Casey from Pennsylvania, his dad was a pro-life hero, and he totally betrayed his dad's legacy. It's crushing. Yeah, You can find out about this and a lot of information at
0: CatholicVote.org. CatholicVote.org. Thank you, Joshua Mercer, for your time today. God bless you. God love you. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. More breaking news and stories, and John Carney from Breitbart News is all coming up next. We're talking about the economy and how it impacts you.
7: Have you ever heard someone say, why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the, the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. The things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org
1: welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired and now more headlines brightbart reports texas governor greg abbott wins republican primary in landslide victory texas republican governor greg abbott who was endorsed by former president donald trump won the lone star state's republican primary abbott who was running for his third term as governor most mostly focused on his ire on democrat challenger and failed presidential and u.s senate nominee beto o'rourke o'rourke won his democrat primary securing roughly 93% of the votes. The two will now face off in the November general election. One American News reports China asked Russia to delay Ukraine invasion until after Olympics. An intelligence report indicated senior Chinese officials had some level of knowledge about Russia's plans to invade Ukraine before Russian President Vladimir Putin launched the operation last week. A a source familiar with the matter confirmed to Reuters that China had made the request but declined to provide details that source declined to be identified due to to the sensitivity of the matter. However, a spokesperson for the Chinese embassy in Washington said the claims mentioned in the relevant reports are speculations without any basis and are intended to blame shift and smear China. And Breitbart reports, collective U.S. states investigate TikTok's impact on children. A consortium of eight states will look into the harms TikTok can cause to its young users and what the company knew about possible harms, a statement from California's uh, Attorney General Rob Bonta said. Uh, TikTok's short-form videos have boomed in popularity, with the youngest users prompting growing concern from parents over the potential their children could develop unhealthy use habits or be exposed to harmful content. Social media's impact on young users came under renewed scrutiny last year when a Facebook whistleblower leaked a trove of internal company documents raising concerns on whether it had prioritized growth over user safety. And the Epic Times reports Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine goes into liver cells and is converted to DNA. The messenger RNA from Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine is able to enter human liver cells and is converted into DNA within the first six hours, according to a Swedish research uh, study in Lund University. This is the first time that researchers have shown in vitro or inside a petri dish how an mRNA vaccine is converted into DNA on a human liver cell line, and it's what health experts and fact checkers said for over a year could not occur. The CDC says that the COVID-19 vaccines do not change or interact with your DNA in any way, claiming that all of the ingredients in both mRNA and viral vector COVID-19 vaccines are discarded from the body once antibodies are produced. And those are your headline news this morning.
0: Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. We're very grateful to you, even if the news is uh, difficult sometimes to deal with. But joining us right now uh, by phone is John Carney with Breitbart.com. He covers Wall Street and finance. He's been on CNBC. is the founder of NetNet. I mean, uh, we're very grateful for your time today. John Carney, thank you for being on.
8: Thanks for having
0: me. Praise be to God. Let's talk about the economy and inflation. Yeah, we were just discussing with Josh Mercer uh, from CatholicVote.org about the president's State of the Union. In his State of the Union, I think we should start there. He talked about inflation quite a bit, knowing that it impacts Americans, especially middle class and lower class Americans, dealing with uh, the gas prices, grocery prices, housing is up. I mean, inflation is no longer transitory. It's here to stay. Uh, He didn't mention trillions of dollars spent. What say you, John Carney?
4: Yeah.
8: I thought that the president is in a uh, tough place because frankly, one of the major drivers of inflation was the decision to spend so much money last year as it was clear that we were already coming out of the economic slump caused by the pandemic. So the employment was already returning faster than expected. We had vaccines. We had uh, people were getting back towards a beginning of a semblance of normal life. What we didn't need to do then is spend you know, nearly $2 trillion extra dollars in order to juice the economy. They decided to do that, and they actually had a lot more plans to spend even more. And I think the combination of the actual spending we got and the announcement that we were going to have giant deficits for at least the next five years was what really sort of set inflation rolling at this much faster than expected pace.
0: It boggles my mind a little bit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a smart man, as uh, one prophet used to say, Forrest Gump. <laughs> uh, I'm not a smart man. But it just seems to me like why would, why would anybody in America, no matter their political bent, their agenda or whatever, why would they want Inflation. Why would they be happy with it? Why would they accept it as normal? Why why wouldn't it bother people on the left and the right? It seems to impact us differently based on how we vote. Uh, Do you see it that way, John Carney? I think think what
8: happened was that the they were in denial at first. When when I first started writing about inflation, and I specifically started calling it Biden inflation because I thought that. A huge part of the genesis of this price surge was on biden when i first started writing about this i was told no no there's no real inflation happening and i (laughs) could point to numbers and people would say no that's just like used cars don't worry about it (laughs) as i tried to explain at breitbart.com and our we we put out a nightly newsletter it's free everybody can subscribe uh and i do a lot of analysis over the past year of this inflationary surge and one of the things i try to explain is very often inflation starts concentrated you know so you 'll get the the money moves into the place where prices can move quickly very you know before everything else. A lot of things don 't reprice quickly. a can of soup on the grocery store isn't going to get repriced every day it 'll get repriced when the new stock comes in. Other things can reprice pretty quickly they have very liquid prices as The economists say and used cars is one of those things because used car dealers are always trying to sell it, sell it to somebody for the most they can. So they're basically repriced in real time. So what we saw is it started in areas where you could move prices very rapidly and it spread to everything else. But everybody from the Federal Reserve to the Biden administration actually read it the other way. They said, oh, it's just a few areas. It's not going to spread to the rest of the economy. And that turned out to be dead wrong.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's talk about gas prices here. Uh, $3.30 a gallon. And yes, I am holding a grudge. I mean, this is in the state of Texas. I just paid that in Houston, Texas, where one of the largest refinery systems exists in our country. And $3.30 a gallon. Over $5 a gallon in the state of California. It's utterly mind blowing to me. While we're not shitting off Russian uh uh oil that we purchase, we bought Iranian oil, uh, but we are denying drilling. Why would we do
8: this when it's a hundred and seven dollars a barrel? Yeah, it, it it's foolish. The it's actually higher than that. Uh, as of this mm-hmm. morning, the international standard is at about hundred and fifteen dollars <laughs> a barrel. Wow. And it is go and it is going higher. Um I, I don't see anything to put the brakes on this. The Biden administration has been very clear that they want to move the entire country off of fossil fuels. Well, you know what? In, we, we can turn on some pre-existing rigs, but to really ramp up production to anything like we saw just a few years ago, you would need to have people be willing to invest more in expanding production. Well, when you have half, you know, the, the political, the, you know, one of the major political parties in the country declaring that it wants to end the use of fossil fuels. Who wants to invest in a 10, 20 year investment in an oil field when they're telling you basically they're gonna shut you down? So I don't think we're gonna see a ramp up in production. Normally at this price level, we would see people pouring money into oil. People aren't going to do that because they're afraid of what's gonna happen down the road.
1: Uh, John, there's a there was a report that uh, several countries are going to release uh, oil from their strategic reserves. Do you see that as being uh, a way to reduce the the prices of, of gasoline in the short term?
8: <laughs> no, it's like standing uh, under a waterfall with a Dixie cup. You're not, the, the amount that they're they are reduce or taking out of the. Strategic reserves is so is about three days of the U.S. alone's total use of oil. Huh. So it is a you know a drop in the bucket. Wow! Uh, it will not make a big difference. If uh, if this was just a temporary problem, then you, then yes, you could you know you can symbolically make a difference by releasing some oil and say we're going to try to hold the prices down. But it doesn't make a difference when first of all even without Ukraine, there were fundamental forces, you know, low U.S. supply, rising global demand that were going to push up the price of oil. Ukraine has added another element to that because people are worried that we're going to lose the Russia supply. Well, let's
0: talk about long term impact here. I mean, again, I'm not an economist. I don't, uh, reading the uh, the science here and trying to predict what's coming, but I have a family to t- take care of, and $3.30 a gallon is pretty significant, let alone the impact of the grocery store. Uh, what are we looking at here? Is it possible to reverse this trend? Is it possible to bring us back to something more normal, or is, or is this here to stay, and it's only getting worse? I think the
8: president could have made a difference in his State of the Union address. If he, just as he said, you don't know we're going to not defund the police, we're going to fund the police. If he said, we're not going to destroy fossil fuels, we're going to invest in fossil fuels. If he reversed course and bucked his party's extreme elements and said, you know, I think that could have actually encouraged investment and would have brought down the price of oil uh, relatively quickly. Because remember, oil is price. These are oil futures we're generally talking about, which means oil for delivery a month from now. So one of the things that people are doing is trying to figure out what is oil going to be worth in the future. Well, if you think that there is a potential for a lot more oil to come back online and even be, you know, maybe even favored by the U.S. government, the oil price will come down. So I I think that could have made a difference. I'm not sure that I will. We now know that, you know, he didn't say anything like that. It will be very hard for them Mm. to back off their anti-fossil fuel uh, position. So I think the price of oil is going to keep heading higher And that will have serious economic
0: consequences. Hold that thought. John Carney from Breitbart News is our guest. We're talking about the economy. And i got to say, I don't love what you just said, John. But we'll have more of it on the other side of this very short break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Howdy. This is
2: Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
10: Why is it that on Ash Wednesday, we always hear from the Gospel of Matthew about not performing deeds of righteousness in order that people see them? We then proceed to have the priests make a cross of ashes on our forehead as we go out into our workspaces, schools, and the public square. Doesn't this seem like a paradox? While the Gospel is a good reminder not to flaunt our good deeds, nor to think we are better than others because we went to Mass on a weekday, the truth is we don't wear the ashes as a sign of righteousness, but rather as a recognition of our humble nothingness, owing everything to God. The priest says, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Biblically, a sign on your forehead is a symbol of ownership, that we belong to God. As we begin this Lenten season of fasting and penance, let us remember that we can do nothing without God and that He will give us the strength to endure everything. This is Matt Maloney from (laughs) KnowTheFaith.net.
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Our guest is uh, John Carney. He is a, he's a contributor to Breitbart News, Breitbart.com. We're talking about the economy. Welcome back to the show, John Carney. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. Right before went to break, you just you were laying the hammer on us here. You're saying you don't see it's getting better anytime soon. You really think it's going to get worse. How, can you describe what that looks like in the next uh, 12 months, let's say, 6 months, 12 months? What does worse look like?
8: I think that it's very likely that we will see gas going towards 100, and, or oil going towards $150 a barrel <laughs> rather than back down towards the $70 a barrel where we were before this crisis began. It's hard to predict exactly where it goes, but this has enormous economic effects. For one thing, psychologically, gas prices are some of the most obvious prices in the world because one you have to fill up your car, so you're paying those prices. Number two, just driving down the road, you see that, you know, it's there's very, very few prices actually posted changing daily in front of our eyes. But we can see that, and that has a psychological effect. And then just very, almost as a matter of physics, the more money you have to spend at the gas station, the less you can spend at the bookstore, at the grocery store, at the clothing store, for your kids' shoes. So it actually cuts down on other spending because so much of it is going Mm. into fuel your car, uh, hopefully we're getting through winter, so less we'll be going through, you know, into heating houses. But this, you know, having a, I would say one estimate I've read is that every, uh, tw- every $20 of uh, oil price actually shaves uh, a few percentage, not a few percentage points, but a few tenths of a percentage point off of economic growth. So that's what we're going to see. More money going into oil, less money going into the rest of the economy.
0: Well, let's talk about the jobs. Uh, That's something President Biden mentioned in the State of the Union. He touted his economic recovery. He said he created a a ton of jobs. There was something like 800,000 jobs swing. I saw this in one of your articles over at Breitbart. Uh, 800,000 jobs swing in, in like
8: a week or something like that? Like, What accounts for this? Yeah, so one of the things is it's become very hard to track many parts of the economy, including some of the most basic, like how many jobs were created. So ADP, which is a payroll processing company, probably a lot of people listening right now actually have their payrolls processed by ADP. They try to estimate how many jobs are created every month. They Their original (laughs) estimate was that we lost 300,000 jobs in January. When they revisited it this month, to recalculate it, they said, no, we gained 500,000. So that's a Delta of 800,000, which is, you know, incredible revision, right? Um, (laughs) It's a complete reversal." Is it trustworthy? I think right now that a lot of economic data is possibly (sighs) suspect Mm. because, because we've never had a situation where, you know, where we shut down huge parts of the economy reopen them and then other parts of the economy are literally subject to you know a cdc mandate that changes month by month so you know can you go to the movies with a mask well who wants to go to a movie you know sit for three hours and watch one of these movies with a mask on so <laughs> then people don't go to don't go to a movie oh wait well you can go with that mask but you know you've been out of the habit of going so we've never had this kind of on off you know light switch economy is the way i think about it where you, and and that's different all over the country too you know in some places you're much better off uh up where i was until very recently in new york it felt like you know you, you weren't allowed to stand outside you know in an open field without a mask on mm. uh so yeah you know down in florida and texas uh, there was a lot more freedom to you know mingle with other people But so i think this actually has made it really hard to read the economy <clears throat>
2: You know, Mr. Carney, just you talking about that reminded me of the fact that leading up to the election of Joe Biden and then soon afterwards, uh, many people were talking about predicting, oh, you know, we had an artificial suppression of the economy, an artificial suppression of jobs, and therefore – once we start moving forward everything's going to get lifted and the jobs are going to be soaring back and it's going to be economy is going to get right back to normal yet we see the exact opposite happening and you talked a little bit about uh, some of the uh habits of consumers but what do you think explains how this works or how this happened
8: i so t- two things that happened one we did get part of that we added back many jobs into the economy <clears throat> in part because of that light switch effect i was talking about. There were a lot of people who, you know, if you worked in a restaurant, you might not have had any work at all, so you were counted as unemployed, then the restaurant reopened, so, you know, they, they were begging for you to take your job back. On the other hand, we have millions of people who have not reentered the workforce, and there's probably a few reasons for this. One of them is that some people just decided to retire early. They were two or three years away from retirement, and they said, you know what, I, I I don't need to go back. I'm I'm okay. I'm not going to go back. So that took some people out of the economy. We did pay a lot of people a lot of extra income through the enhanced unemployment. So some people probably still, even today, even though it's been months since we ended this, some people are probably saying, you know what, I'm okay right now. Uh, and then finally, I, I think... Other people are trying to decide what they're going to do. They may have moved, so they're no longer even near where they wanted to work. If they work, you know, we've seen a big shift out of center cities into suburbs and rural areas, and so some people may still be out of the workforce because they haven't figured out how they're going to work in the place they want to live now.
1: Yes, I read a report uh, that there is a lot more uh, people saving money, and um, so you know they're able to. To maybe just kind of coast along a little bit longer, but I'm wondering—you know—there was an escalating rhetoric on the part of uh, President Biden uh, during the State of the Union address in relation to the Russia and Ukraine conflict, and um, I'm wondering if you could speculate as to what we could expect from the economy if, God forbid, we become more involved in this war.
8: So, if so, one
1: estimate, not my own,
8: is from analysts at Bank of America. Uh, who I think actually have done a pretty good job of reading uh, how the oil market is doing, they have said that if we lose all of the Russian, meaning so if the, if it escalates a lot, we probably lose all of the Russian oil from uh, the global oil market. If that happened, we would see uh, the price of oil go to $200 a barrel. Yikes. I don't think that would last for very long. I think in that case, you would see OPEC in particular decide that they wanted to take some of that, you know, extra money and start, you know, increasing their own production, and so therefore that would bring down the price of oil. At some level, I think we would get some of the U.S. shale uh, production ramped up because at $200 a barrel, almost anybody who has an oil rig can, you know, be very profitable. So you get that thing going. Uh, I don't know if we'd see that much extra investment because again. What people are really worried about is getting crushed long term, either by oversupply or by government fiat. So I don't think we'll see that much extra investment, but we'll definitely see existing rigs start to ramp up production.
0: One of your, your very latest article over at Breitbart says uh, Russia got canceled and China got the benefit. You, you're saying that China stands to make a, a great payday here with the suppression of the economy in Russia with the sanctions. Uh, how does that work?
8: Right. So if the rest of the world treats Russia like a pariah state uh, and won't buy its oil, won't sell Russia technology, well, there's a country that, need, that doesn't produce its own energy, that's China, that will happily buy Russian oil
11: mm-hmm. and that
8: does produce a lot of technology and would happily sell that to Russia. So China actually stands to benefit greatly from the rest of the world shunning the Russian economy. And we're seeing that right now beyond even the economic sanctions, companies are just pulling out altogether from Russia. Well, somebody if if China will probably be more than willing to step in and fill that gap, especially because there's not a lot of transparency there. We don't know exactly how much China is selling to Russia. And so I think that this is both going to drive China and Russia closer together, but also be very, very economically beneficial to China.
0: Wow. We're down to a few minutes left with John Carney from Breitbart, Breitbart breitbart.com, and he's got a a host of great articles over there. I encourage you to check them out. I want to just go back to the U.S. economy here, and we were talking about this offline here. You know, we're seeing a lot of very crazy things happen in the way we control business and economy in our country big boxes in 2020 took off they big box stores made a killing amazon made a killing the pharmaceutical companies made billions obviously uh the small business owner took a beating and now we're seeing trends where they're starting to be able to control who gets to play and who doesn't get to play esg scores at banking institutions and and those kinds of things picking the winners and losers
8: how do you see that moving forward I think that's a problem that we actually really need our politicians to step up and confront. And as consumers, we need to confront this uh, idea that we are going that companies like BlackRock, which, uh, which is the world's largest asset manager, have said that they are going to start pushing the ESG agenda on the companies that they invest in. I think that can be very bad. As you I think just the sense. That the government has as much control over the economy as it's shown it did during this whole pandemic episode i think that also hurts investment frankly if i were somebody wanting to start up a small business i would be worried what happens when without a vote without any real public deliberation the government can just declare entire parts of the economy closed for the foreseeable future i think that's a lo- that's really troubling and is going to hold back investment particularly small businesses, have been less able to deal with this because they tend to have much tighter margins. And finally, inflation tends to help bigger businesses because they have more bargaining power with their suppliers. And so they, they can pay a little less for their items. Under, and so yeah, they're gonna raise their prices. That increases their margins. Very mm. often that's what happens in inflationary periods. The margins go up faster because some of the prices don't go up quite as fast.
0: That was the other thing President Biden said in his State of the Union speech. Greedy capitalists should not raise prices, just cut their costs. Oh, wow. At the wave of a wand, I suppose that's how that works. At any rate, John Carney from Breitbart, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful for your insight, sir.
8: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one at Catholic Drive Time. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you can and are able to, we would love to see you in the second hour. We always have a great time in the second hour. We play our game show, Fear and Trembling. Prizes are at stake. And again, can I just thank Joshua Knoll for praying, fasting, and doing penance for our Lenten campaign today, and everybody else for joining us in it. We're very grateful to you. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning.
3: In Chapter 4 of his Rule, St. Benedict reminds us, never despair of God's mercy.
1: One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey.
3: This important phrase catches us by surprise, because he slips it in at the end of a long list of good works we should practice. St. Benedict is reminding us that when we have done all we are supposed to, we must finally entrust everything to God's mercy. We believe that God is so merciful that He sent His Son to suffer and die in order to restore the beautiful creation we had disfigured by our sin. Only God's mercy can, in the end, repair all the evil and hurts that we inflict on one another.
1: For your free copy of The Rule of Saint Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com OneMinuteMonk.com
3: If we can just remember God's mercy in times of trouble, We can bear these difficulties, and look forward to that day, when all will be healed.
7: Hey Donnie, who were the first two people God created?
4: Adam and Eve!
7: There you go, and what did we inherit from them?
4: original sin. As parents,
7: we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children, and if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on.
4: your catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired we love god we ought to be able to talk about him getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's
3: your catholic drive
4: time
0: now here's your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host Joe McLean, so good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Thursday, March the 3rd, your second day of the holy season of Lent. Be honest. How's that Lenten penance plan going for you? (laughs) Have you already fallen off the wagon? Why are you laughing, Rudy? Good morning to you, Rudy. (laughs) Good morning. Have you uh, already fallen off the wagon? No. What you need is a planner are you calling me
1: out an air joe you
0: need a planner to keep your you life know straight
1: funny i came into the studio and it kind of smelled like coffee in here no, before anybody was here joe no.
7: <laughs>
0: i'm going with the <laughs> hardcore stuff here this uh it's cl- it's liquid it's uh it's filtered coffee it's uh <laughs> it there's no taste to it no odor it's i don't know what they call wow. this uh, water? water? Is that Latin? Water? <laughs> 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 or does it say in England? A ball, what? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, so I'm going hardcore these days. For all of Lance, praise be to God. Yes. We're going to go with the clear stuff. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? And you
2: know what? What? I, I too, gave up coffee just like everyone else here. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> and I. John Tang, it, it has not been an issue for me at all. It's not been an issue. It's been uh, really nice. I, I haven't felt any different. And uh, praise be to God, I've, I'm enjoying my, uh, my Lenten sacrifice of giving up
1: coffee. John looks like he's doubting me. I know, probably. exactly. John
0: Carney was hanging out next to you on the video
1: <laughs> He's giving about. you the look. He's like, <laughs> he's I don't like, believe mm-hmm. it. I'm not buying it. I'm
0: not buying it. Well, at any rate, praise be to God. We are going to have a great show for you this hour. Uh, In spite of it all, we are going to have the good news. We're going to have Saints of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus we're going to play our game show Fear and Trembling, and Yesterday... Don't tell anybody, but I think the phone lines worked perfectly. So let's just <laughs> which don't means today. Let's just pray. <laughs> I was gonna say cross your fingers, but that's like Protestant heresy
1: from the Reformation. Is I thought it was so. just superstition. Is it, it is. Protestant?
0: I'm pretty sure it's 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 a it's a dig on making the sign of the cross. Oh, yeah, pretty sure. Fact check me on that, Adrian. Hmm. Uh, let's do, well, we, should, we should investigate the origins of all the sayings, I say. Uh, that's a great that's idea. That's actually not a bad idea. We should have a segment <laughs> on just investigating the origins <laughs> of sayings. At any rate, we have a great show lined up. We did have a conversation with John Carney from Breitbart News, who had less than fun news to share about the economy. I mean, very, uh, very Debbie Downer, I'd say. Like, $200 a barrel for, for oil? Hey man, he's just he's just the messenger, you know. <laughs> Don't
12: shoot the messenger. <laughs>
0: is
3: your answer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was good insight, nonetheless, uh, to know kind of what's coming downrange and what 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 are might potentially happen. So if you want what you could do and if you weren't able to join us in the last hour, you can always catch the podcast of Catholic Drive Time. It's available on on the iTunes store, it's available on Google Play. It's also on Spotify. And do us a favor when you're there if you're going to listen on one of those platforms, leave us a review. Okay, give us the token five star. You can Chew us out in the com box if you wish. Tell us what you don't like. But on those reviews, leave five stars because what that does is it bumps our standing up in those store directories and it helps us to reach new people. You would be assisting us in the work of evangelization by leaving a review on those podcast platforms. If you want to listen to the podcast on our website, you can do that too. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT at the very bottom of the screen will be a blue bar. That's the podcast. You can click the the fly out and choose the episode you want. Another way to do it is just to download your mobile app, the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app on your phone, iOS and Android, and the podcast is available there as well as listening to the live local Catholic radio station there, the GRN station that you're listening to. You can listen to the live audio stream right over the mobile app. It's super easy. It's great. Plus, get our podcast. Go to your iOS or Android app store and search for the Guadalupe Radio Network and download that today. It's free. All right. So much to jump into today. The game show's coming up. We have prizes to give away. Tomorrow is the day we're going to be giving out prizes. Praise be to God. And then in the after show, we're going to conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about uh, but before we do, can I just say special shout-out to CDT Insider Joshua Null. Praise God. Yeah, he has taken the day today. Today is Joshua Null's day to pray, to fast, and to do penance for grave sinners, ardent sinners, like heretics and blasphemers, plus peace in the world. It, this is the CDT 2022 Lenten campaign, and today is Josh's day. So Joshua Null, God love you, brother. We, we appreciate your sacrifices today for these souls that are so often forgotten, and we want to pray for them today. All right, so we're going to jump in by praying the Golden Arrow Prayer, which is the prayer for our campaign, and then we will get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored and glorified in heaven, on earth and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos.
1: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And do you remember the tornado that went through Kentucky in December? Well, the Epic Times reports Kentucky inmate who saved lives after tornado destroyed Candle Factory, recognized by Sheriff's Office. An act of heroism from a man paying his penance to society was recognized by authorities, following the devastating tornadoes that ripped through West Kentucky, destroying a candle factory last December. In the days and weeks after the disaster Graves County Sheriff's office learned of an inmate who was on work detail at the candle factory on December 10th, the night of the collapse, and now he and how he had selflessly come to the rescue of others still trapped inside. Mr. Marco Sanchez had been caught in the collapsed building, suffered a broken leg and cracked ribs, but managed to find a small void in the rubble and crawled out to safety despite his injuries. We learned that several people died in the rubble in very close proximity of where he had been trapped, they stated. Mr. Sanchez, after freeing himself with a broken leg and cracked ribs, selflessly went and found tools and other items and returned to the rubble to render aid to those injured, quite possibly saving their lives. Sanchez, along with several other injured people, hitched a ride with a volunteer firefighter to the ER where his leg was put into a cast. Then on release, he turned himself into a state state trooper who told him that they weren't in a position to take him in at the time. Mr. Sanchez later learned that the prison had been destroyed by the tornado, according to the Sheriff's Office. So he took refuge at a shelter before getting in contact with with some jail staff, who took him back into custody. After learning of Mr. Sanchez's heroic act from witnesses, the Graves County Sheriff's Office informed the court sentencing Judge Tim Kaltenbach of this, Uh, who then determined that Mr. Sanchez had 14 days remaining on his sentence. The sheriff's office formally and publicly recognized Mr. Sanchez, stating, Mr. Sanchez had a lot of decisions to make that night. He could have made the decision to only save himself, but he didn't. His actions likely resulted in other lives being saved. The series of decisions he made over the next several hours were the right decisions, and we applaud you for that, sir. And that's really good news. God love you.
2: The saint of the day is St. Kunegunda, a Lithuanian saint. Lots of fun to say. Oh, and real quick, I looked it up, and crossing your fingers might have something to do with the 14th century 100, year, 100 years war, and they would cross their fingers as a symbol of the sign of the cross. That might be the origin. Anyway, Saint Kunegunda was one of 11 children. She was a seventh generation descendant of Charlemagne, and she married King Henry in 999. It is said that she had long wait, wanted to be a nun, But her marriage to Henry II happened instead, but it was a spiritual one, also called a white marriage. That is, they married for companionship alone, and by mutual agreement, they did not consummate their relationship. During their marriage, her her husband, Henry II, then only Duke of Bavaria, was crowned King of Germany. The couple was crowned on the 9th of July in 1002 in Mainz, which is present-day Germany. Later, her husband was also crowned as King of Italy. Kunigunda traveled with her husband to Rome for his coronation as Holy Roman Emperor and was the tradition for the king of Germany at the time, and was crowned as Holy Roman Empress with him on the 14th of February, 1014. They received together with Henry the imperial crown from the hands of Pope Benedict VIII. During her reign, she suffered from a grave illness, and she made a vow that if she were to regain her health, she would found a Benedictine monastery at Kassel. Upon her recovery she kept her oath and work began on the building. However, however Henry died in 1024 before it was finished, and upon his death Kunigunda was obliged to assume the office of regnant of the imp- empire. This she did with her brother and later handed over the imperial insignia when Conrad II was elected to succeed her late husband on the 8th of September 1024. As a widow, Kunigunda was left comparatively poor, owing to the enormous wealth given away by her and Henry in charitable works. In 1025, exactly one year after the death of her husband, she retired to the Abbey in Hesse. She became a Benedictine nun that she had founded there, and at the dedication of the monastery, she offered them a true cross relic. She removed her regalia and donned the habit of the nun. There she remained at the monastery, performing charitable works and caring for the sick, and devoting her time to prayer. She died on the third of March, 1040, at Kaufungen, where she was buried at Bamberg Cathedral beside her husband,
0: Saint Kunigunda. Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter nine, verses twenty-two through twenty-five. Jesus said to his disciples. The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he said, to all we must take up our cross. St. Cyril of Alexandria said, quote, When a man, through his looking after the present delights, gains pleasure and refuses indeed to suffer, but chooses to live splendidly in his riches, what advantage will he get then when he has lost his soul? For the fashion of this world passeth away, and pleasant things depart as a shadow. For the treasures of ungodliness shall not profit, but righteousness snatches a man from death, close quote, St. Cyril of Alexandria, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find?
2: Yes, a number of things. Uh, Again, Cornelius Lapide had a ton to say about this passage, so it's going to be impossible to cover it all, so I'm going to just focus on one thing. And by that one thing, I mean three things. So Cornelius Lapide said, Christ gives three commands uh, in this passage. What does he say? He says, let a man, one, deny himself, two, let him take up his cross, And three, let him follow me. So those are the three commandments that our Lord gives in this situation here. But what is he saying here? He says, if any man will, Christ does not compel. That's why he says, if any man will. That means you have to will it. God's not going to force you. He says, he goes on to say, nor use violence, but invites the willing and kindly allures and draws them. For who would not long and burn to follow Christ, the Son of God. But as God bids all follow Christ, so likewise he bids them freely choose and embrace self-denial. Again, Christ draws all men when he says, come after me. He means, ye will not be the first in the cross, in death, and martyrdom. I, your captain, will go before you. Wherefore, follow me, because I will precede you, not only by my example, but by my help. And I will make you certain of victory and the crown. And if only ye will follow me and earnestly cooperate with my grace, thus Cato going before his soldiers through the sands of Libya said, have experience of your perils by mine. I will command nothing except what I do myself first. Think about this today and I meditate upon this idea that our Lord is not asking us to do anything that he himself did not do. I was talking yesterday about the picture of, uh, of uh, Jim Caviezel and uh, Mel Gibson with the Passion of Christ. And there's this meme where Jim Caviezel looks at our Lord and he's like me trying to explain to uh, God how my life is so difficult. And that, that's so true. I'm thinking about the sacrifices that we make, the sacrifice that we give up for penance. And yes, They are difficult. Yes, we have to endure. But, you know, our God, our Lord, is not some God that's high and mighty in the sky that refuses to understand the way that we do things here on earth. No, our Lord became man and he sacrificed himself. He went through our tribulations. He knows our sufferings. He knows what it feels like to be wanting of something to give up things, and yet He is here for us today. So let us meditate upon this uh, during the season of Lent. All right, praise be to God.
0: It is time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, Catholic Trivia Game Show, where you do not need to know the answers and could still win the game. All you do need to do is make a phone call, and if you've never played, well, let's do this. Let's do this. It's fun, it's easy, and you're going to have a good time. Call 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now, be our first caller, and you get to be the contestant at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back.
12: Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that he give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid-fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled
6: world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
7: Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants it's a 50 50 chance and prizes are involved avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth call now to take your shot 877-757-9424 and now
0: your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time and fear and trembling the catholic trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda so you have to here's the deal, okay? You can't tell anybody what my secrets and my agendas are, especially not on social. Don't don't say anything to anybody, okay? Do us a favor, keep this between us, and I will tell you what my secrets and my agendas are. Number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. That's always fun. Bragging rights. Number two, we like to have a laugh. We like to cut up a little bit, and our callers are amazing. They laugh with us. They're great sports, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to Jesus. And uh, here's the deal, though. If you're just joining us, you're new here, you don't understand. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I will not ask the caller the questions. They don't even need to know a single correct answer and could still win the game. And that's because instead of asking them i will ask rudy and i will ask adrian one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect and then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision whom do they trust more and every correct
1: answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize rudy what could they win praise god our game show sponsor this week is simplicity and productivity co they are generously sponsoring our show with a beautiful and effective planner and uh Joe, you really don't need coffee. Did you know that writing things down is a scientifically yeah. proven way yeah. to offload your brain and writing that peace, down right focus now. and also keep track of and hold yourself accountable? Did you know that? I'm writing it down right now. I don't need <laughs> coffee. Well, Got it. All right. Well, for everybody else, the Life of Purpose Planner is designed for more than just keeping a schedule. It facilitates a way of life. Mm. Best of all, the creator is a fellow Catholic. Monica, thank you very much. Yes. Please check out her website at simplicityandproductivity.com dot com or support her uh, her uh, Instagram at Life of Purpose Planner.
0: Praise be to God. Thank you, Simplicity and Productivity dot-com for your generous support of our game show we are so grateful to you let's jump on the phones donnie good morning to you sir good morning praise be to god donnie thank you for calling in where are you calling from
8: i'm calling for rowlett check
0: rowlett we had a call from rowlett yesterday i mean just how many citizens live in rowlett (laughs) it's like a metropolis it's roulette is dominating the Fear it's and Trembling game show. All this twelve week. of them are going to call in by the end of the week. <laughs> That's great. Well, praise be to God, uh, Donnie. We're glad you're here. Where do you go to church?
5: I go to uh, Sacred Heart.
0: Wonderful. Hey, praise God. All right. So, do you understand how the rules work? Do you know how this game is played? I do. Then uh, you'll know. Then I am on your side. It's you and me together against the other two an uneasy alliance <laughs> what are you talking about this is great so donnie we gotta p- navigate these tricky waters very carefully because uh, the two of these guys you just never never know are you ready sir i am here we go praise be to god as is our custom our tradition our patrimony we will start with rudy good morning Joe rudy good morning joe hey rudy are you ready
1: <laughs> yeah are you sure mm-hmm are you sure that's why i get up in the morning oh, wow this right here this is it <laughs> that's gotta have purpose right mm-hmm.
0: hey rudy we'll can you tell prayer. me can you tell me what term is used for ground consecrated for the catholic burial let me re- repeat what term is used for consecrating
1: the ground at a catholic burial okay so that is known as blessed ground holy ground really and if you're catholic you ought to go and find yourself a catholic cemetery okay blessed ground or holy ground you say mm-hmm. that's kind of on the nose there it is, isn't
0: mm-hmm. it? is let's just see what uh, brother adrian says let's get a second opinion hey adrian hey joe can you tell me yeah <laughs> so creepy what term is used to consecrate the ground for catholic burial Well, you know, Holy Ground. Mm -hmm. I
2: I thought that was a coffee brand, so (laughs) so I'm going to go with with a Uh Catholic burial ground. I mean, it's really that's what it is. I just
0: straight up. It's just what it's called. How? Captain Obvious this morning. I know (laughs) Catholic burial ground. Okay. Well, Donnie, here is the deal. Two obvious answers. Which one is correct? Adrian says it's Catholic burial ground, but Rudy says it's called Blessed Ground. Holy ground. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Donnie, what say you? Uh,
8: I'm going to go with Rudy.
3: Pretty so straightforward
8: wise. there. So <laughs> <he> says. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: I guess.
0: <laughs> that was a, I don't know. That was tricky yeah. business. Catholic, what'd you say, Adrian? Catholic burial ground. Catholic yeah. burial ground. Yeah, Could have been two on the nose. Donnie, you did well. Was that tricky at all for you?
8: You know, I'm kind of a rookie at this, so I was a little nervous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, pff, the, pat yourself on the back, good sir, because you did well. You're in the cup. You could win now. It may be God's holy will, but I think we're going to try to uh, double your chances here with the easiest question out of all three today. This is the hardest question. <laughs> no way. It's the, hardly the easiest. Easiest, the, anyway. Well, it's definitely not the hardest. It's definitely not the hardest. Here we go. To Adrian. Adrian. That's my name. Can you tell me? Yes. Who are the Sons of Zebedee? You mean the Sons of Thunder? I like the way you say that. Yeah, you're welcome.
2: Yeah, that would be James and John. James and John, you say? Yes, James and John are the Sons of Thunder. Azagoff? Coming soon. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In a world of fishermen, there was the Sons of Thunder. Yeah, so James and John. James and John. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see what Rudy says. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me? Who are the sons of Zebedee?
1: Well, Adrian, it seems like you are not informed on this because St. Cornelius Alapide talks about this particular scripture where it's mentioned, and he says that these two sons were named after Zebedee, Zeb and Didi, who he despised. So he gave him the name Didi. Wow. (laughs)
0: Like a boy named Sue.
1: That's true. Um, wanted to toughen him up. Okay, that you, didi you didi said
0: man. that was Saint Cornelius Lapide that said that. That's
1: correct. Okay,
0: Order Wow. All right, Donnie, here we go. Uh, Rudy says it was Zeb and Dee Dee were his sons' names. Versus Adrian said it was James and John. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Donnie, what say you? I'm I'm
8: believing it's Adrian. I'm hoping.
7: <laughs> you're hoping we should put him in twice for that okay
2: that was pro level 10 right there daddy I, the, I would like, be hoping too i'd hope no one named their son Dee. Or, or at least that zebedee that, did it
0: i mean if you have to admit adrian's right in public the way you did that was skillful I would, it showed mastery of the subject so bernice Wh- lappity actually has a lot to say about the sons of thunder and he's also not a saint well, in your head canon, maybe not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> not yet exactly. We have a cultist, so DD, you're starting one. <laughs> all right, you're in for two. Praise be to God. James and John are the sons of. How did you say it, Adrian? Thunder. The sons of thunder. But uh, all right, third third question here. I'm gonna say this hardest is the hardest question we ever had. I was gonna say the hardest question today. The hardest question we ever had. But actually. I don't know if it's the hardest ever. It's hardest question we ever had. Super, not the hardest ever, but pretty Definitely hard the today. All right, anyway, here we go. It's over. Here we go. Back to Rudy. Rudy, what is the name for the order which branched off from the Cistercians in the year 1892? Great vintage, by the way.
1: You know what they say in 1892? It's the (laughs) (laughs) Trappists.
7: By the way, the Cistercians have
1: the best habit. In 1892, the Trappists left
0: the Cistercians. I don't think that rhymes, but okay. Let's go with uh, Rudy here. Hey, uh, Rudy, uh, the other guy. Uh, Adrian, can you (laughs) tell me? I guess. What is the name of the order which branched off from the Cistercians in 1892?
2: In 1892, which order branched off from the Cistercians? Yes. Yes. That would be the Benedictine order. The Benedictine. The Benedictine split from the Cistercians in 1892. Mm-hmm. in 1892. In 1890. In 1892. Aww. And by the way, Drudy, the mm-hmm. Trappist best beer. Just best, say. best beer. He said they make great man. beer. Yeah. Maybe we'll to have
0: samples left we'll to. Be a be a ju- I'll be the judge of that. All right, uh, Donnie, tricky question here. I think it's the hardest today, but the question is, which order branched off from the Cistercians in 1892? Giving you a little bit more Google time, Donnie. Uh, Adrian said it was the Benedictines, but Rudy said it was the Trappists. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Donnie, what say you?
8: I do like my beer, but I was going to go with Adrian.
7: Uh, really? I'm so oh, sorry! No. The Benedictines are, my,
2: are the oh. first religious
0: order in uh, the West. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um. Funny thing. It's just the Trappist is the correct answer. And yes, their beer is not bad. Uh, but yeah, the Benedictines go all the way back to like the fourth century. So there's that. At any rate, Donnie, God love you. You're in for two. You did well. Praise be to God. Thank you for playing our game and being a good sport. Donnie, you there? Did Thank we lose you, you already? <laughs> All
8: right. I, I am here. Thank you very much.
0: Well, uh, good. I'm um, happy that we've had two Rowlett citizens on. I mean, I'm not sure how many citizens there are of Rowlett, Texas, but maybe, who knows, tomorrow's a new day. Hold on, Donnie, we're going to put you on hold, because it may be God's holy will that you should win. You'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out. But that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. We like to have the laugh, and boy, was it fun today. Thank you for joining us, and thank you to everybody who's signing up to be a part of our Lenten prayer, fasting, and uh, sacrifice campaign. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt for the details.
4: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
9: Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Thursday after Ash Wednesday. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Parce Domine, parce Populo Tuo, Ne in aeterum eras nobis. Parce Domine, parce Populo Tuo,
6: in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you all
9: and with your spirit
6: brothers and sisters let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ,
9: have mercy.
6: Lord, have mercy.
9: Lord, have mercy
6: let us pray prompt our actions with your inspiration we pray O Lord and further them with your constant help that all we do may always begin from you and by you be brought to completion through our Lord Jesus Christ your son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit God forever and ever
9: amen
11: reading from the book of Deuteronomy, Moses said to the people, Today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and doom. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin on you today, loving him and walking in his ways, and keeping his commandments, statutes, and decrees, you will live and grow numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to occupy. If, however, you turn away your hearts and will not listen but are led astray and adore and serve other gods, I tell you now that you will certainly perish. You will not have a long life on the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and occupy. I call heaven and earth today to witness against you. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life then that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord your God, heeding his voice and holding fast to him. For that will mean life for you, a long life for you to live on the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The word of the Lord.
9: Thanks be to God.
11: Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Blessed Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Lord. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord, and meditates on his law day and night. Blessed Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Lord. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade whatever he does prospers blessed
3: Blessed are are they who hope
11: in the lord Lord. not so the wicked not so they are like chaff which the wind drives away for the lord watches over the way of the just but the way of the wicked vanishes Blessed blessed are they who hope in the lord
9: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Repent, says the Lord, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, king of endless glory.
6: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke.
9: Glory to you, Lord.
6: Jesus said to his disciples, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? The Gospel of the Lord.
9: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
6: In today's first reading from the book of Deuteronomy, we see Moses presenting to the people a choice in their life. He tells them, basically, use your freedom to choose life. And the way you choose life is by your observance of God's commands, by heeding his voice and loving the Lord your God. If you don't do that, well, then essentially you're choosing death. But he makes it clear to them, basically, the choice is theirs. I think for us in the world that we live in today, more and more we are told in the culture around us that much of what we do is already predetermined. It's usually a combination of our genetics and the environment that we grow up in. And those two things coupled together are seemingly insurmountable to emerge from or to break free as a genuinely authentically free human being who can make choices to direct our life toward goodness, and away from evil really is a kind of determinism and while of course we would agree that yes our genetics are an important part of who we are and certain things about us such as our appearance and whatnot, are determined to some degree by our genetics of course the environment we grow up in has a big impact on us and for those of us who are blessed to grow up in loving families we are great beneficiaries and other people have a much much more challenging or harder time in the environment in which they grow up in but we still have to hold to the fundamental notion that the human being is free to determine what kind of shape and character that we develop for ourselves and that our life has saint john paul ii before he was pope as carl voitiwa wrote a book called the acting person and he said that the human being is both The subject and the object of our action. We're the subject of the action in the sense that it's me who is exerting an effect out in the world, but we're the object of our action in that what we do looks back at us and says something about who we are. So if I go and steal something, well I'm the subject of the act that it's me who's taking something that's not mine, I'm exerting an effect in the world, but I'm the object of my action in the sense that my action looks back at me and says Because you stole, you are a thief. In other words, we already kind of know this even from our language. What we do says something about who we are. And Moses is telling the people, observe the commands of God, heed his voice, and love God. And in doing so, you will be manifesting about yourself that you are interested in living in a covenant relationship with God. Today's gospel, of course, we have from Jesus the conditions of discipleship whereby he tells us to take up our cross daily and follow him and that whoever loses his life for the sake of Jesus will find it and whoever tries to find his life, or in other words, the person who tries to cling to the things of this world at the expense of a relationship with God, that person ultimately in grasping and clinging will find the very source of fulfillment in life slipping through their very fingers. For us as disciples of Jesus we are called in our life to manifest by our thoughts, our words, and our actions that we are his disciples by taking up our cross, by following him, and by willing to truly lay down our life for the sake of the Lord Jesus. In terms of thinking of this process of how we use our freedom to determine our character and the kind of people we become, and the notion that we really are trying to manifest that we are the beloved children of God by our thought, word, and deed, it reminds me of a kind of a nice formula that kind of describes this process. And it goes something like this. Our thoughts become intentions. Our intentions lead toward actions. Actions develop into habits, habits form character, and character determines our destiny. And really for us in this Lenten season, it's an opportunity to say, am I filling my mind with holy thoughts, with thoughts about God? Or do I allow the clutter and distraction of this world to invade my mind to the point where it starts to impact my intentions and actions? but we're called to have pure thoughts that are rooted in Jesus, which lead to the intentional goal to say, I want to become like Christ. That intention then would become actions, which are Christ-like, which then develop into habits, which we call virtues. These virtues help us to develop a Christ-like character, and in developing a Christ-like character, we manifest that the desire of our heart for our eternal destiny is to live in communion with the Most Holy Trinity. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that every day of our life, that we would choose life and that we would make this choice of choosing life by following the commands of the Lord and by taking up our cross daily in order to lose our life for the sake of Jesus so that we can ultimately find it in him. Amen. We should pour forth prayers at all times, dear brothers and sisters. But above all, in these days of Lent, we ought to watch more intently with Christ and direct our petitions more fervently to God. For the whole Christian people that in this secret time they may be more abundantly nourished by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let us pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: For the whole world that in lasting tranquility and peace our days may truly become the acceptable time of grace and salvation. Let us pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: For sinners and the neglectful, that in this time of reconciliation they may return to Christ, let us pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: For ourselves, that God may at last stir up in our hearts aversion for our sins, let us pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: We pray for peace in the Ukraine and for an end to war. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer
6: and for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: Grant we pray, O Lord, that your people may turn to you with all their heart, so that whatever they dare to ask in fitting prayer, they may receive by your mercy through Christ our Lord.
9: Amen. lord who throughout these forty days for us did fast and pray teach us with you to mourn our sins and close by you to stay as you with satan did content did the victory win O oh, give us strength in you to fight, in you to conquer sin. As you did hunger and did thirst, so teach us, gracious Lord, to die to self, so to live by your most holy word.
6: Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the
9: sacrifice your hands with the The praise praise and glory of his his name for our good and good of all his holy church.
6: Regard with favor, O Lord, we pray the offerings we set upon this sacred altar that bestowing on us your pardon, our oblations may give honor to your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. almighty and eternal god through christ our lord for by your gracious gift each year your faithful await the sacred paschal feast with the joy of minds made pure so that more eagerly intent on prayer and on the works of charity and participating in the mysteries By which we have been reborn They may be led to the fullness of grace That you bestow on your sons and daughters And so with angels and archangels With thrones and dominions And with all the hosts and powers of heaven We sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim.
9: Sanctus, sanctus,
6: sanctus
9: dominus day of Saba. Pleni sunt cherli et terra, Gloria tua. Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in
6: excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever, Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, Father, who who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy thy name. Thy Thy kingdom kingdom come, come,
9: thy will be done. done, Miserere nobis Agnus tei Quittolis pecatamudi Miserere nobis Agnus tei
11: Quittolis
9: pecatamudi Dona nobis pacem Draw near, O Lord our God Graciously hear us Guilty of sinning before you O King exalted Savior of all nations See how our grieving Lifts our eyes to heaven Hear us, Redeemer, as we beg forgiveness. Draw near, O Lord our God, graciously hear us, guilty of sinning before you. Might of the Father, keystone of God's temple, Way of salvation, key to heaven's glory. Sin has enslaved us, free your sons from bondage. Draw near, O Lord our God, graciously hear us, guilty of sinning before you. We pray you, O God, throned in strength and splendor, Hear from your kingdom This our song of sorrow. Show us your mercy, Pardon our offenses. Draw near, O Lord our God, Graciously hear us, guilty of sinning before you.
6: Let us pray. Having received the blessing of your heavenly gifts, we humbly beseech you, almighty God, that they may always be for us a source, both of pardon and of salvation through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
9: And with your spirit.
6: Almighty God, who have made known to your people the ways of eternal life, lead them by that path, we pray, to you, the unfading light, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord.
9: Thanks be to God. The Master came to bring good news, the news of love and freedom, to heal the sick and seek the poor, to build the peaceful kingdom. Father, forgive us. Through Jesus, hear us as we forgive one another. Through Jesus Christ the lost fulfilled, the man who lived for others. The law of Christ is love alone to serve now all our brothers. Father, forgive us, through Jesus, hear us, as we forgive one another.
11: The prayer to Saint Michael. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil.
9: thy peace
4: always in the name of christ our lord amen
6: celebrating the culture of life this is the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul
2: Is a co-